0: Welcome to the conversation. Jim Watkins, we're going to have a conversation about Alex Jones. It's brought to my attention, I don't know if you heard the decision this week, but he has been forced or he is basically being forced to pay Sandy Hook shooting survivors a total sum of 100 million, 150 million dollars for going on his radio program and questioning the motives behind the shooting At early on during the shooting, Sandy Hook Elementary. He had even denied it, and it caused all kinds of controversy. And the judges in that state have determined that he is without trial. By the way, we'll get into that. He is now going to be forced to pay 150 million dollars, which will basically bankrupt Alex Jones, and quite possibly could bring his radio program to the end. Now, I have a little bit of history, and I want to be—I don't know Alex Jones. I'm not a huge fan of his program. Uh, You know, I'm. In full disclosure, I've been in syndication radio for about 20 years, maybe even a little longer, so I understand the workings of, of the industry. Going back to as far as 1999, I think even before Alex Jones had a syndicated radio show, he was a frequent guest on another program that I was the executive producer for, a program called "The S- uh, Sightings with Jeff Rentz. and Jeff and I were good friends from even before, and I had an arrangement with Jeff where, back in those days when you could send cassettes and order cassettes for radio programs, cassettes, can you believe that? Little cassettes you stick in those machines. Do they still even have those today? Anyway, uh, and, and every night when Jeff would do his show, he would offer that show available for people who want to call and order cassettes. Well, interestingly, my first introduction to Alex Jones was when he was on the show that would be the most time we ever sold uh, programs. Uh, The the phone would ring off the hook for several days. And he was a frequent guest on the Jeff Renz show. So right then I knew that he was tapping into something sort of very Art Bell-ish, if you remember Art Bell back around that same time period. It was almost a period where there was an emergence of this kind of conspiracy, early version of alternative media. And A lot of these guys sounded like kooks and quacks, including Alex Jones. He has a demeanor that sort of makes him sound like an alarmist. But he does a hell of a lot of research, and you have to give him kudos for putting together what I thought was a very compelling program if you were into that kind of programming. George Norrie, who has been the continual host of Coast to Coast, replacing Art Bell when Art left the show and then eventually died, George Norrie spends a fair amount of time talking about conspiracies on his program, and he's one of the most widely listened to radio programs on overnights in America. and has been for the past 20 years. But his, he does not have that bombastic approach, and he has a fair enough balance. And I'm, I'm probably pretty sure that unlike Alex Jones, uh, George Norrie works for iHeart, and so he's going to be very careful about not crossing that line. Because iHeart is in fact a publicly traded company, and nobody wants a lot of heat. But I want to get to the better point of Alex Jones and what is what we're watching, because it is important, and it's part and parcel why we do this talk show, uh, why we have the conversation podcast, is because as mainstream media and the partnership between the mainstream media and the political parties, also with. Uh, oligarchs, tech companies, social media, there's becoming a, a sort of a, I don't know, a gatekeeper mentality as to what is considered true information and what is considered misinformation. And the gatekeepers are the mainstream media, as we know. And just as a for example, a lot of times when you're watching the news at night, you're watching basically what they want to give you is what they think is important, whether it's the fires or the floods or they'll have something about Ukraine. It's almost like a daily menu of what you can expect when you're walking or when you're watching media or watching mainstream media. And there's a, a lot of similarity, there's a pattern. You know it's there. You you see it, you hear it. But it's it's the information you're not being told. There's a lot of information on any given day that you're not being told. For example, you'll be told about a heat wave in Europe, but you won't be told about a cold front in Australia. Or, uh, you know, something, that, that's just one example. And then you say, well, why is that important? Well, it's important because by omitting information, it keeps you from having access to the truth. For example, this whole COVID nightmare has, be, has just turned into an ugly beast because we're still to this day, most Americans are not aware of the vaccine injuries that continue to pile up. Because the mainstream media won't report it. Because Twitter won't let you tweet. Because if you tweet something or you find a story on Zero Hedge or Breitbart or any kind of alternative media aside from CNN, ABC, CBS, you will you will be minimized. You will be marginalized. I mean, I've had to get off of Twitter and go over to Getter just, just to be able to feel like at least I'm getting more news. Not that Twitter or Getter places to get your news, but, you know, they're going to more likely give me news that I'm not being retold about on other media. So what's happening with Alex Jones, and, and I'll pull this article because I saw it on Zero Hedge and I want to give credit. Uh, and, and the headline leader on this article says, today they come for Alex Jones, tomorrow for all of us. And it's been by, uh, by Ben Barty of the Daily Bell, who I like. So he writes, the theory of the current batch of civil lawsuits against Alex Jones and InfoWars goes like this. He claimed on multiple occasions that the 2012 Sandy Hook school shootings didn't happen. He also posited the alternative theory that it did happen but was a false flag. And there were a handful of strange goings-on which fueled Alex Jones' skepticism. Even mainstream media outlets reported that the FBI and the CIA had visited Adam Lanz's house uh, and discussed his fascination with mass shootings, and then they declined to take further action. And then in 2014, two years after the Sandy Hook massacre, one of the deceased victims' photographs appeared on a poster at a vigil for a Pakistan school massacre. One day after the shooting, a parent of a murdered child appeared on camera at a press conference laughing and smiling before taking a deep breath and assuming a more businesslike, somber tone to uh, deliver his remarks. And the rapid change in demeanor is startling if you look at it. So there are a lot of anomalies, and Ben goes on to write, while none of the above curiosities alone or in combination proves government collusion, which was what Alex at, at some point was starting to assert, They certainly warranted further scrutiny, and that's exactly what Alex Jones is all about. He's always about looking the—I mean, you you got to be thankful. Even though he might come off as uh, a little bit uh, of a lunatic because of his—you know, he's very excitable. Everything about him is very dramatic. Uh, You still have to listen to what he said. As Jeff Frantz told me because he introduced me to Alex— years later and said, look, even if 1% of what he says is right, that 1% is pretty important. And now he's going to be forced to pay $150 million because he caused emotional distress to the victims. Does that seem fair to you? I mean, the real emotional stress was from the shooting. Having someone question whatever went on beyond the shootings, is that really worth $150 million? uh, And what about all of the media that's celebrating this? Why are they celebrating this? Alex Jones, like it or not, is part of the media. He does what a lot of our media doesn't do anymore. He actually does read. He also does investigate. Does he get it wrong once in a while? Absolutely. But so does our media. Now, the article goes on to say, The idea that Jones denial questioning a Sandy Hook through a labyrinth of cause and effect through proxies ultimately resulted in emotional trauma for parents, to put it mildly. But isn't that kind of a stretch? The evidence presented is an extremely loose, casual chain of events. And if it was put before a jury, which it was not, would the jury have decided that $150 million was appropriate? What really happened here, forget the money for a moment, Alex Jones... Had a constitutional right to express his opinion. And by the way, our Seventh Amendment says, quote, in suits of common law where the value and controversy shall exceed twenty dollars, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved. That's in our Seventh Amendment. And that goes all the way back, according to Ben Barty, to British common law. So the and then he goes on to say, the public brazen display of extra constitutional power is the point of the exercise. The state wants to demonstrate that it is no longer remotely constrained by the Constitution when it persecutes its enemies. Now let me tell you a story of another man that I had the pleasure of working with back in 2000 to 2004. His name was Michael Savage. Michael Savage at one point was probably the most listened to talk show host in America. And I say that because he was number three ranked in tol- in terms of total audience, but he was a nighttime show. so and, and there's usually about 30 to 40% less listening at night on the radio. But notwithstanding the lower audience availability, he was still able to command 20 to 25 million people a week. That's a lot of people who listen to one guy. He had a number of several books, but he was slowly censored. And, and, and by the way, he was not the easiest guy to work with. And he was obviously a man like Alex Jones who had a lot of drama in his show. Uh, very well-articulate man. Very brilliant. Uh, has multiple doctorates. And, uh, and, and, and I've come to know him as a, as, a, as a great writer, very insightful. And he had pre-warned even back around 2002 the three things that we need to protect in our country, which was borders, language, and culture. Borders, language, and culture. And now what are we faced with in the year 2022? And where is Michael Savage? Michael Savage has been relegated to the podcast world. And by the way, he still commands a great following. I have nothing but respect for the man. Even though I know a lot of people hated him, they didn't listen to him. A lot of people hated Rush Limbaugh. They didn't listen to Rush Limbaugh. I mean, people who don't like somebody don't generally... Take the time to go and listen to somebody because they feel I've already made my decision. I've heard what other people say about these guys. I don't want to listen. But then you actually, one day, you might actually be driving down the road and you tune in and you listen and you don't know who it is and you find yourself agreeing with him. And then you realize, oh my God, maybe this guy wasn't so bad after all. Maybe, you know, Michael was on to something because look what we're dealing with now a breakdown of borders, language, and culture, pronouns, language. How is language being changed by woke? You say something to the wrong person, you can be canceled. They've, they've taken the language and they've hijacked it. And they they've contorted it to what they want the language to be. It's known as political correctness. It's killed comedy, it's killed TV, it's killed entertainment. Hell, you have Beyonce now changing words to her lyrics because she doesn't want to offend people who might be spastic. So we're living in a world now where borders are being challenged, language is being challenged, and culture is being challenged. Critical race theory being uh, taught in our schools. And it's teaching Anglo and European descendants that they're guilty inherently and they can't get away from it. And that they're inherently racist. It's in the DNA. So now you have borders, language, and culture all under assault. And Savage was talking about this in 2003. But he was silenced. And I'll tell you how they silenced him. They went for the pocketbook. They scared off corporate advertisers. Corporate advertisers that were advertising in his show because he drew such huge audiences. 25 million people a week is more than Ellen DeGeneres got on her best week. And he was even designated a terrorist by the United Kingdom because he dared to call out extreme radical Islam during a time when it was very sensitive, right after 9-11. So they went for his Madison Avenue advertisers, and that's how they silenced. They made Michael's show untenable. He couldn't get the salary that he rightfully deserved because there was no advertising support. He got blacklisted. Now, some of it might have been on him, But I'm just telling you that the way that the industry is working now is that they're silencing one by one. Now, I happen to be a big fan of the spoken word format, and I think there's a kind of a migration going over to the digital sphere, podcasting. And part of that has to do with the fact that we all want to listen to on-demand audio. Where it comes from, if it's live, if it's taped, doesn't matter. Look at Joe Rogan. 20 million, 30 million people listen to him. He does one show a week. And whenever he goes uh, over the line or he crosses the line or whatever somebody says, everybody freaks out, but they can't cancel him because he's protected. And I think that uh, what we're starting to see in the terrestrial world of radio is a silencing, a cancellation, or a tempering, a tempering. Now, thankfully, there are still... uh, More than a handful of great people out there who are allowed to do their work. Uh, Most of the people at Salem, nobody ever tells them what to do. You're talking about Dennis Prager, Charlie Kirk. These are real heroes because they're daring to question the system. They're daring to question the vaccination efficacy or the vaccine injuries that we've been talking about. Uh, They have dared to challenge the Biden's horrible energy policy, how it's destroying America. They challenge the science, the so-called consensus science of climate change. But corporations are siding now with the censors and the wokes. Uh, and the, the support on the advertising community is diminishing. It's getting harder and harder to sell conservative talk radio in smaller markets because those are usually dominated by syndicated programs, which is a fact. But what we're seeing is a silencing of hosts, and Alex Jones is now the second step. To me, when Rush Limbaugh got off the air and they decided, the largest broadcast group in the world, decided to put two guys on, Uh, one, a former CIA agent who's obviously not part of the deep state. I'm sure he's a conservative, but he's only going to go so far. And then they've got another guy who seems to like sports more than he likes politics, That, to me, was a signal by the corporations that owned Rush Limbaugh that they were only too happy to see him go. I mean, I know they made a lot of money on him because he was an institutional figurehead in conservative talk radio. And he was one of the few remaining people who could get away with saying something if he wanted to challenge the status quo. But a quick way to get rid of somebody, sue him. Silence them, ruin them, take their money, and that's what they've done, and they will continue to do that. And so, this is why it's important for us now. I mean, if you're if you're if you believe in the free press, I don't care if you are conservative, liberal, progressive, or woke. They will come for you next. People always forget. First, they came for uh, the the, you know. The Balkans, first they came for the Jews, then they came for the Christians, then they came for the paraplegics and the mentally unstable, then they came for the homosexuals, and and by the time they came for me, there was nobody left to speak up. So you have to remember there's a reason that that saying still persists today. You may not like Alex Jones, you may not like people who offend you, but that is what the Constitution is about. It's about protecting speech the free exchange of ideas, the flow of information. Without it, we're dead in the water, and freedom dies. So I wish Alex Jones the best. I hope he survives. I think it's a travesty. I'm not endorsing his positions. I'm only endorsing his right to share them. That's what is at stake. If we don't have that, if we stop thinking that free speech should somehow be, uh, you know, curtailed or censored because somebody might get their feelings hurt. You don't understand what is at stake. People can get over their hurt feelings, people will survive having been offended. No one's ever died of a heart attack of being offended. And we cannot have a free nation, a free nation based on freedom, liberty, principles if we have people in our society who believe that safety is more important than freedom or the free exchange of ideas is somehow dangerous. So we have to be conscious and supportive of those voices like this show, like others who are not afraid to speak out. I'm not controlled by any corporate interest. I do this because I I have a passion for it. I've got a lot of years on the radio And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe I'll end up back on the radio. But for right now, this is the audience I'm speaking to. People like me, people who are like-minded. We're not just carrying water for the conservatives or the Republicans. We question everybody. Trust but verify. If you want to email me, my email address is realjimwatkins1 at gmail.com. Realjimwatkins1 at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to have Michael Olson on. He's going to talk to us about China. He's the host of the program China Watch. You've heard him on this program before. He'll be joining us to talk about what happened with uh, Nancy Pelosi, Taiwan, what's happening in their economy, what's happening with Xi Jinping. He's about to be, uh, the elections are about to happen, and he may not make it. He may not win re-election. So we'll talk to Michael. That'll have a huge impact on American and Chinese relations. Uh, Continuing on with the conversation, I'm Jim Watkins. Thanks for stopping by.